Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. All right, thanks for joining us. We're here today with Don Lowe. He is the co-founder of Urgent Appraisals, AMC, and been in the business over 20 years, has done countless appraisals. Uh, he used to be um, our chief appraiser here for our appraisal desk at Fund Loans, and just knows a shit ton about the, the, the real estate and appraisal business. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, so um, man, I, I wanted to have you on because the market's nuts, and mm. You know what? Who better to have than someone who can see that from you know kind of a granular view and, uh, and uh, sorry, from a, like a thirty thousand foot view and just really know kind of what's going on with with the market and see the trends and and uh, you kind of see stuff before probably everyone else does because you're just in it. You know, you're in it. You see, you know, multiple appraisals. You're reviewing appraisals. You've got the experience to kind of know when trends are happening. So. I'm stoked to have you on and uh, ask you some questions about the market and just how bro- how we can help brokers, you know, when appraisals come in low, if they come in too high, you know, rarely they come in too high and that doesn't really matter, <laughs> but that would be the dream, right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So tell us kind of what you're seeing right now, you know, as of today, what are we in March, what, 20, March 24th in 2022, wow, what are you seeing today? Um, as we all know, once COVID hit, once it got over that first six weeks of COVID, it's been skyrocketing nationwide. Yeah. And uh, most of my comments will talk about California, the market where I'm based, but it hasn't stopped. Yeah. And uh, maybe I thought around the holidays, it might slow down. The rates ticked up a touch, you know, got to around the 4% range for conforming stuff. But this last month or two, it's just as crazy as it's ever been any of this time frame. Wow. I'm talking again with like the, over ass or yeah, over the asking you know, stuff price. listed for 1 million selling for one five stuff listed for one five selling for two, two. And then you can imagine on the lower end for the entry level. I mean, entry level now is 900, 800. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so, uh, tell me about like what happens when an appraisal comes in, you know, at a certain value, but then they've made an offer for way more. Like what, what do you Yeah. So the key that, brokers you know that's who your audience is mainly is that appraiser needs to make increasing market time adjustments mm. uh, and some appraisers are afraid to do that right um, conversely when the market was going down in the late 2000s 2008 2009 uh, the banks and lenders required negative market adjustments because it was continuing to decline right right so conversely we're back up we're going up so a lot of times it can come in at that value if the numbers make sense. Sure. So you have to have really good data and you have to apply those time adjustments logically. Yep. But um, if it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't come in, but I would say about half the contracts I review, cause as an appraiser, you have to review every contract yep. and check the box that you did and analyze that uh, contract. Yep. And I'd say a half, maybe 70%, no appraisal contingency. Wow. Yeah. And that's how they get that deal. Cause there's 14 other offers. Sure. And they're all offering, you know, you know, 20% over list. Mm-hmm. But if you check that box, then you're coming in with that extra 200 grand, hundred grand, whatever it is short. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause the, cause typically, yeah. You, I mean, you'll still get an appraisal maybe they, and, and a lot of these have large down payments, right? Sure. Yeah. Like, so, so have you seen any, I mean, I know we were, we had yesterday, we had um, Austin on and he's doing a lot more FHA and some, V, uh, not VA, Fannie, Freddie, and FHA. And so they're still doing 97% loan to values and stuff. But are you seeing like the ones that you review? Is it is it kind of a majority of bigger down payments and less? Majority, yeah. 
Yeah, because he does out of state and stuff. So like, here in San Diego, you couldn't really do. Yeah, no one's going to take an FHA offer. Yeah. Maybe VA, because VA is a much stronger loan than an FHA. Right. Um, but even with both of those, the appraisal sticks with the property. Yeah. So if you accept an FHA offer, as you know, that's your offer. I think it's 90 days or something. That, that appraisal is your appraisal for 90 days. Oh, yeah. Unless you have a new buyer coming in. But if it's another FHA, they can use that same appraisal. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's tough for a seller to do. Yeah. A lot of sellers probably don't know that. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I remember, I don't do FHAs. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, that's very important to know. Yeah. So, um, you're, so ever since then, just to kind of recap, you're, you're seeing it continue to rise. What, what did it rise this last, like in the last 12 months? Was it 20%? Or? Yeah, it's around 20% in most markets, you know, 15 to 23, somewhere in that range. But most, definitely coastal uh, San Diego and Orange County, LA. Yeah. In the low 20s. Right. I'm seeing many at 25%. Wow. And do you see any signs of slowing? I was, I'm thinking it might, you know, now that conforming is <laughs> at 4.7 as of today, but I'm not seeing any of it. Yeah, we're getting a lot of still. It's been a trend ever since this kind of COVID hit, of the out of town Bay Area LA buyers coming, and yeah. pricing out up, uh, moving up locals. Yep, you know, moving up from a million dollar house to two million. Mm-hmm. But these guys come in, sell their house in, you know, Mountain View or something for three two. Right, the and they smaller only have 600. house. Yeah, and then so they like come in. Okay, two million cash, close in ten days, and that's happening time and time again. Yeah, yeah, and so. Are you seeing that? So even though they're, some of them are saying they're going to pay cash, do they still get a loan or do they, they still pay cash and they maybe get cash recapture loans? Yeah, mo- most are getting cash. And then they I've had a lot of deals where they, they're refining four days later. Yeah. You know, they either they have the money uh, from their sale of their house, they borrow $2 million from mom and dad, right. pay them back in, you know, 14 days or they can close that loan. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's pretty common. Man, so um, – I also saw something that was a little disturbing, but I think you you can shed some light on it. Was uh, for appraisals, um, Fannie and Freddie are kind of moving towards more of a desktop thing. Like they just, I just saw some some video about this, and and I was like, wow, I don't know if the, how that's going to affect appraisals because, well, um, you know, and you said it might be not as big of a deal, or what kind of what are your thoughts on that where they're shifting to desktop appraisals? Yeah, so Fannie and Freddie just implemented this on this past Saturday, I think the sixteenth, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be really cumbersome at first because desktop appraisals have been around forever. Yeah. No big deal. And there's a lot of assumptions. You're assuming the house is in similar condition uh, as it may be some, even a drive-by appraisal, same thing. Right. You're assuming it's in average condition, let's say. But this way, they're having either a homeowner or like a slow real estate agent. Mm Mm-hmm. That needs to make a couple bucks and they pay them, you know, 40 bucks and they'll go in and take pictures of the house. Wow. Or the homeowner. Now there's technology being parlayed where the homeowner. Like geo stamping it. and Actually like an app where the, the appraiser's on the app mm. and the homeowner's on the app. And then you can guide the homeowner through. Okay, go around the outside. Check out the app exterior. You're looking. Oh, can you go up a little bit? I saw something up there. Oh, what is that staying there? What is that? Are you? Oh, I just redid the windows. Yeah. Just like it would be if you were there. Interesting. So I think that if that can be parlayed logically, then that could work and alleviate some of the issues that most people are fearful of on the appraisal side and probably on the collateral side of investment. Right. People buying these loans that are all desktops. Like they want to make sure that that someone did some kind of inspection, right? It was yeah. there and saw it, you know, someone who knows what to look for and see if there's cracks in the foundation, whatever, right? Well, there's lots of things that could be cracks in the foundation. And, and the true condition, because yeah. you picture, we've all seen them on the MLS or Redfin or whatever, 
and you see the picture and it looks beautiful. Right. Kitchen looks beautiful. And then you go there and you see it and there's dings in the cabinets. It was all Photoshop or just painted <laughs> cabinets, not new. Sure. You know, the appliances are like 20 years old, not like four years old, like they look in the photos. Right. So that's, I think, the biggest fear is not having an experienced person or a biased person. Yeah. Obviously, a homeowner trying to get right. the highest value. Yeah. So whether this technology can alleviate that on the surface, it seems, but we have human nature involved. So yeah. it's to be seen, in my opinion. So it's just, it's live now, but it's sort of, are they kind of stumbling and stumbling through it? Or? Yeah, they, exactly. So I haven't uh, received one from my private firm. We haven't got one as an AMC. Um, I don't even know anybody that has gotten one. We're, you know, four days in. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be challenging. But it's not on condos, right? Or two to four units? Yeah, not on condo, two to four units, just single family and uh, conforming, I believe. Um, so locally, that's not a lot. Yeah. I mean, Right for us, right, but and especially for non-QM guys. Yeah, that's. But like, there's been like a, a backlog of like appraisals, from what I understand, and it may be different now, but maybe a year, six months to a year ago, it was real slow. Like it was hard to get an appraisal sure. back right within a certain time frame. Frame, uh, is that still happening? Is it still pretty backlogged? Not really. Not since as... since the rates went up, um, you know, I'd say late fall, mm -hmm. early winter. It's you know the government's always slow to react. Yep. And so if this would have been, and nobody foresaw what was going to happen with COVID, people right. think of the opposite. There's going to be no, no business, no loans being done for a mm -hmm. year, but then it got so busy. Then they try, and now they're trying to adjust, but now the adjustment is not really needed. <laughs> right. So well, it's like, let's like, just go to desktop. Oh, well, yeah. we don't really need to. Yeah. So I think you get regular stuff. You can get it happening. Yeah. Just standard, like a week or week back. That's good. Yeah. Tell us about urgent appraisals. Yeah. So we are an AMC appraisal mm -hmm. management company. And uh, we opened last fall. And um, AMC's, uh, in some areas for appraisers, independent appraisers, they have a bad name. Yep. And the reason why they have a bad name is the business model that AMC's have, at least 90% of them. And basically, they'll get an order from lender A for property X123 Main Street. And they'll send that appraisal out and they'll charge a borrower $700, let's say, yep. like an average basic house. And they'll shop that around. They'll send this bid out to 100 appraisers in the county within 50 miles of this house. Mm -hmm. And whoever can do it the cheapest right. gets the gets the good deal. Right. So my philosophy, my partner's philosophy is, is that really the best appraiser? Right. I don't think so. The I best, don't think so. <laughs> yeah. The best appraiser is the one doing deals for market rate, takes his time as far as quality, experience, professionalism. And then you get a good appraisal. Right. Because... Everybody's making money on these deals. Yep. The, the the loan offers are making money. Title company. Title company, escrow, the investor, the right. owner of the company. Everybody's making thousands of dollars. Right. And they're trying to save 200 bucks. Right on an appraisal. On the spread. On the one thing yeah. that really matters on the value, right? The yeah. quality of the of the asset. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the way we do it now, other, uh, some other AMCs, a minority of them, and direct lender uh, appraisal desks do, they just have a panel of people they know mm -hmm. that are responsive and do quality work. And they send them the appraisal for $500, let's just say. Yep. And they make a few bucks on the end. Instead of shopping it around, and I've been shopped around in my private firm, we all get the same order, a bid request mm -hmm. on a Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to bid. These guys, they're not going to take anything you know, less than 400 Right. Four days later, I'll see the same bid because they haven't got it cheap enough. 
Meanwhile, if you went with a, a decent AMC, yeah, you already had your plate. You probably have already ordered. had it being typed up yeah. by the end of that week. Wow. So that's and that the AMC's in charge of that. Most AMC's. They, yeah, that's the, the AMC business model. And they yeah. take their cut and everything. And so your your uh, your urgent appraisals, obviously, I'm assuming they're they're fast, right? Is that kind of the we goal? Do. We do. It is the goal. <laughs> but before we named our company, I did actually look up because there's a misnomer. The word urgent means fast. Right. Urgent only means it's of super high importance yep. and requires immediate action. Got it. Yeah. And isn't an appraisal of super high importance to your company? Right. And needs and, immediate action. And needs immediate action. Yes. Yeah. So definitely when we get an order in, you take action. We, we take action right away. It's number yeah. one priority. Get an yeah. order in and then get it assigned. Nice. Yeah. And then conversely, when we get an uh, appraisal back, review it and send it to the client. And you're not, you know, taking it probably as big of a cut necessarily as some of the other AMCs or you're maybe at least get, getting that appraiser, the, the, their, the fee that they deserve to do the work that they're doing. hundred percent. And it's yeah. the exact same amount. Use that $700 figure, right. which is about standard that an AMC is charging for a home in Southern California right now, you right. know, 650 to 725. Right. Right. And so instead of shopping around, we'll give the appraiser, you know, 500 bucks. We try to clear like 150 to $200. Yep. And, not shop it around for two or three days. Yeah. So, so you're getting that thing placed soon, right away, urgently. And yeah, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And, and I think more brokers need to know about this. Cause like, I think when we, you know, that was, it's always been an issue for, for, you know, non QM is cause sometimes you need two appraisals. Sometimes the appraisals come in, you know, with disparity. One, one appraiser comes in at, you know, a million five. And the other one comes in at, you know, a million one. And you're like, what you know you guys both there's the same comps in the area there's not you know like why and and i think that we talked to that because i think that's a big you know thing that sometimes happens with uh with brokers and their and their files what, like what are your what's your solution to that yeah that is uh, uh always a problem yeah because you know the definition of an appraisal of a is a opinion of value yeah so bob the appraiser's opinion is this jim the appraiser's opinion is this and um you could find a case for both of them most most of the time sure unless they miss a super obvious comp right um or a super obvious adjustment um so it is challenging yeah um obviously you try to minimize that and and the key is to have appraisers have an open mind and realize oh i didn't make an error yeah and we'll at least entertain the idea of a rebuttal uh given to them in a logical professional polite fashion right <laughs> not just that ah, he didn't use it's too low <laughs> right what the hell why yeah. is this yeah um and, and you know i think that's the first reaction especially from the homeowner right like if mm. they homeowners always think their house is the nicest one on the street it's the best one has the best view has the best da, 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 da. but um appraisers you know whether they some of them are local right and then some are going to be like you said you know from you know 50 miles out right on a regular kind of amc situation so that AMC, that appraiser, he may know what the value's like in that you know different area, but they may not, you know. And and there's probably a good chance or case to kind of argue that they really don't know as much what's going on as far as like super new, like nuanced kind of things, right? Like the train tracks here in this particular small pocket neighborhood, it's so much more desirable than this one right here, even though they kind of are similar distance to the ocean, but one's a little more, you know, a barrio, whatever. Like it's just a different area and and for some reason this area commands a higher price 100 percent, right yeah. and that's knowing your market and that's why the first thing we try to do we when you pull up the software you can see how far an appraiser is from the property oh yeah so 
obviously you're going to try to assign it and we're not bidding it out to, you know, 50 appraisers. Yep. I'm going to try to assign it to someone that's really that close. That you know, probably knows the name. And I know, yeah. he know, he's ridden his bike and driven his car down there for 20 years down these streets. Right. And he's done, you know, the majority of his appraisals because an appraiser wants to drive the least amount, especially nowadays. Yeah. Because um, that's out of their bottom line to go do an appraisal. Yeah, because gas prices. Gas prices, <laughs> time is money. And yeah. if it takes him five minutes to drive there versus 45 minutes. Yeah. And so he's going to know that market. But I like your thing you're saying about the train tracks and the ocean and stuff. Cause that's the stuff that's so nuanced. Yep. And if you're coming from 30 miles away or an inland property, inland market, you're not going to know these nuanced areas. Sure. Especially if you don't live there. Yeah. Right? And you know, even if you, I've visited this town four times, right? Yeah. Four times in 30 years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same thing as having coffee every day at the coffee shop. That's two blocks away or, you know, yeah. Yeah. And hearing all the different, you know, things your your even your next door app that tells you like there's a break in <laughs> down the street. Like, you know what I mean? Like you sure. don't know all that stuff cause you don't, you're not there. Yeah. Um, what happened like with, with AMCs and why did this all start? Like with, you know, let's just open it up to 50 you know miles away. Like what? Cause, cause it certainly degraded at after I think after the crash. I mean, it needed some help during, sure. you know, when the crash happened, but what happened like when AMCs, like what, what caused this unraveling with the appraisals? Yeah. I think uh, a few factors are involved in that. Um, one, the, the old way they used to call the HVCC, the Home Valuation Code of Conduct. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, uh, Cuomo when he was a governor of New York back in the day. It was his term. He was the attorney general, excuse me, at that point. Mm -hmm. And he implemented this and it went, kind of went nationwide. Hmm. And so they're the ones who kind of made it so there needed to be a firewall between the loan officer slash mortgage broker and the independent appraiser. Got it. So nothing needed, wrong. Yeah, yeah nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So there's no pressure. There's none of this. But kind of going back to my other conversation about most AMC's business models, they are just shopping around for the cheapest. Right. And so just like anything, you know, you can get a nice piece of furniture at Pottery Barn and it can look just like the one at Target. Yeah. Until you have it for more than one day. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, then, it, then it quickly changes. <laughs> yeah. And so the same kind of thing applies. Yeah. And um, so that is one factor. The other factor is the barrier to entry to be an appraiser is enormous yeah you can become a real estate agent if you take a advanced quick course mm -hmm. take the test probably six weeks from today okay in the state of california six weeks All six right. weeks to become an appraiser you have to take much more education and then the hardest part and the biggest barrier to entry is the apprenticeship mm. you have to be underneath a certified appraiser for approximately two years wow and probably 80 percent of that is unpaid jeez so henceforth, 70% of the appraisers, I just saw a stat yesterday, 70% of the appraisers in the United States are 50 years or older. Wow. Because unless you ha are independently wealthy or your wife kills it or your husband kills it, your partner yep. or mom and dad are going to give you 70 grand a year to pay your bills. Yeah. How are you going to work for no money for two years? Right. Or you have to grind away and work at a restaurant at night or something. Yeah. yeah. So it's, that's, a two, that's yeah, hard. Two years. That's, that's not, that's not quick. No. And so that's the biggest challenge. So that's where when it was super busy and it's ramped up like it was in you know late 2020 and all of 2021, it appears as a shortage of appraisers. Right. Um, but they can handle it any other time except for these intense periods. Yeah, these refi booms and yeah. low rate environments. Yeah. Like right yeah. now it's it's very balanced. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good to hear. So what what's the turn time right now in appraisals typically? 
five business days from the okay. day they get it. And this is, again, non-complex, yep. you know, nothing crazy. Right, right. But, Not up, up in the mountains in Montana or something. Yeah, don't, don't get me started on Montana <laughs> or even, you know, anything rural is challenging. Yeah, I bet. Because less population equals less appraisers. Yep, yep. So. Um, so tell us about um, like ADUs. They're trendy right now, right? There's yeah. a lot of people trying to do them. There's a lot of businesses popping up to, to provide ADUs. There's a, still a shortage of supply of product and ADUs and you know building materials. What's um, what are you seeing as far as like the value add to to a house with an ADU? Like because it can boost your you know you can rent them out right and you can make income on them. So mm-hmm. like are you seeing people put those on and then have a you know significant add to their value or somewhat yeah yeah it's the varies market to market you have to study that individual market um a lot of times they're not you can they make sense to you on paper as far as your as a homeowner to put that back there yeah and depending are you doing vrbos are you doing a long-term renter right are you just using it as a detached office for your house when your wife is mad at you <laughs> spend the night out there it like, happens oh, never to me i mean <laughs> no. but so point being, it can add value, but it, just like a kitchen remodel or yep. new landscaping in a pool, it's not going to be dollar for dollar. No, no. Yeah, I thought maybe ADU would be the only thing that maybe would be more dollar for dollar because you're you're adding income to the property versus like a new kitchen. Now it's just preference or it's just beautifying the house versus, you know, like now you've created value with income to the property. So is it is it better than putting a pool in or a like if you want to add you know value to your house square footage. Usually is probably the best. I would say so. Right? Yes, the way you put that there it makes a lot of sense. And you know, if they're getting a loan where they're using that income, right? Then that's when you can really factor that in. Sure. But if it's just a regular refi or purchase, and they're buying it the twenty five hundred square foot house with an eight hundred square foot ADU, you're just going to find another comp with an ADU, and okay, the market. Oh, that one sold in. for this. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. obviously, and then one didn't have it, so you. What is that adjustment there? for, like, say, like a 600 square foot or 800 square foot ADU? Is it, is it, I mean, it's probably case by case, right? Yeah, but, market to market. You look right. at what other ones have sold, but. But if, like, the same house, cookie cutter match, one had an ADU, let's say the houses both were roughly about a million bucks, what would be kind of that adjustment if it didn't have the, the ADU? Roughly. Yeah, roughly. Obviously, not studying that individual market. I would say around the 75K range. Really? So not even close to what it would cost to build one? No. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think people are doing because they have so much equity anyway. And then yeah. they're going to get some income from it. And it's like kind of like their retirement thoughts. Like, okay, this will add you know income to, to, uh, to me as I retire. And you know, make le- maybe in the future make less money. Can just kind of relax, go on vacation more. You know, get get some steady income on that because rent's crazy right now. Oh, it's insane. Um, and you know, again, appraisal what makes sense and is provable in an appraisal. Yep. May differ from you put a stick in the ground and buyers one through thirteen look at the house and go, I love that ADU. Mm-hmm. And you know, people are motivated. We have to look at it through the eyes of a typical, typically motivated buyer. Sure. And so just like any other thing, some people would pay a million dollars for a view and some people don't care about a view. Right. So some of these things are, you know, very subjective and, but we have to look at it as an appraiser as what is provable. Like, okay, we have these two comps and it seems right. about 75 grand, yep. but just like anything, it could be more for sure. sure. Absolutely. Um, so we kind of touched a little bit on it earlier about when someone comes in low, right? 
and you said, you know, obviously don't, don't be, don't be pissed off. Don't be a jerk to the appraiser. Like what is the best approach? Cause we've all had it happen where, you know, value came in low and we're just like, yeah. dang it. You know, you can't, now the deal's gone. What do we do? Um, I know you've done a ton of rebuttals. What, what is it? What's the worst thing that someone can do? I mean, or what's the most common uh, approach that brokers take to you as an appraiser? And what should they do? Because there's ways to like probably where you're like, I'm not even going to deal with this. And then there's others. Oh, I'll help this guy out. You know, yeah. Um, well, from our side of the business, we don't call it a low appraisal. Yeah. We call it an accurate appraisal. <laughs> you guys call it a low appraisal. Right. We call it, it is what it is. That's our opinion. Right. However. So you, you're kind of offending them, but you're offending their opinion in a by way. Saying by saying it's low. Yeah. Yes. That's first thing. Don't say that. Don't say it's low. The number one thing that I see time and time again, and it just blows my mind and it tells me who you're really dealing with. Mm. Cause you know, when you rebut an appraisal, you should have some other alternate, alternate comparable sales. Yeah. Close by similar size, similar age, lot size, all that stuff. Right. Right. Obviously that would sell for higher yeah. than the value that appraiser determined. Sure. But the key thing for any broker or any loan officer first read the comps that are in that appraisal. Yeah. Because I would say 75% of the time, one of the comps they will send to, consider yeah it's already in the appraisal <laughs> and that like, just makes you think that you're like, just like they're not even you're not paying attention they're just yeah. grasping at straws they're not paying attention so you can just usually no more than six in each deal right you know even if there's eight just look at the eight and make sure this one you found one two three main street isn't comp three yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah that's that makes a lot of sense so yeah. so i mean yeah like back to kind of certain people you know everyone makes mistakes right sure. so so what's the best approach so number one is obviously don't say it's low hmm. number two check the comps and then number three if let's say there's a comp that you found that is higher maybe it's an off listing or you know it's a for sale by owner or something like that and maybe it's like new sales that have popped up that just maybe you didn't want to consider like what would what would be the best approach do they fill out a form is I, i'm not sure i haven't done one in a while yeah so normally there's a form every amc or even a direct lender that has an appraisal desk will have a form and it'll say provide alternate sales right and or provide other rationale like oh you missed 400 square feet or you didn't add the adu in let's say sure or you didn't comp three back to a freeway and you didn't notate that. So that would bring that comp up higher. Right. So just obvious errors and omissions mm -hmm. are the key thing. Um, but you really got to make sure they're truly comparable. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we'll see on these and this again, it, you know, uh, diminishes the credibility of that rebuttal. Yeah. Just kind of like when there's a comp in there that's already in the appraisal. Yeah. It's like, guys, <laughs> <laughs> like, I already have this comp. Like, and I, I did, I, yeah. I averaged it. Right. Like, yeah. So you have a house two blocks from the beach and it came in at $2 million. And then the, the two comps they sent are oceanfront comps. Right. Like those are not comparable. You can't compare to that. Yeah. Just ultimately you couldn't say something should be lower because it's the subjects on the coat on the bluff. And then right. the other one's not, it's, you have to have the same. Yeah. And so, so just, you know, do, do you ever call, does a broker ever call you or like, no, that's you not, it's not, yeah, yeah you, you can't, can't talk, right. You just can't talk value. Yeah. So there's this misnomer from broker, from everybody in the business that you can't talk to the appraiser. Mm. You can yeah. talk to him. You just talk to me. Talk just, about sports. Yeah. <laughs> and you can even talk about, you can even talk about the square footage of the house. Okay. Or you can talk about the lot size. You know, I have two tile sheets. It says the lot is one acre and you put three quarters of an acre there. Hmm. 
oh, and then maybe that that's a factual statement. Right. Whereas the value is not a factual statement. Sure. So that's what you can chat with the appraiser about. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a good to know because I thought, yeah, you couldn't really talk to the appraiser. So yeah, people are afraid. As and long as you of, don't say anything about the value, you just you can just say, look, this is kind of what we see here, and you just do real professional conversation. And yeah, and it's obviously much more uh, agreeable and approachable from the appraiser's perspective if you go through the proper channels. Right. Go through the AMC. You know, and yeah. Go to the AMC. Go try through not the to do it, appraisal yeah. desk and um, do that. Yeah. Because then there's people like me in the middle as a chief appraiser who will maybe say, okay, this one's up just like your, to the example of it's already in the report. Your two of your three that you suggest are already in the report. It'll save you your time because AMC will already see that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but whatever you do, you just have to have respect because these are professionals and they're grinding away, uh, typing reports, going to inspections and, uh, and sure they can make a mistake. There's no, I've made many mistakes of the, you know, 11,000 appraisals I've personally done in my career and I'll freely admit it. Yep. But conversely, just like anybody else, any other human being, there's going to be that 5% that are stubborn and don't like to make admit they made a mistake. And that's where sometimes you hit those roadblocks. And even if it makes perfect sense, yeah, it's even nothing you can do as an AMC, as a chief appraiser, as a broker, you're just, you're just stuck because this guy's stubborn or this gal's stubborn. Yeah. And those that's those stubborn people, man. Yeah. <laughs> Any business, they're no fun to deal with. <laughs> so if, if let's say, you know, especially dealing with the super jumbo space, right? Like say appraisal comes in at 5 million and then the other one comes in at four. Do you, do you think what, what's the best approach there to try to kind of meet in the middle or, um, you know, to, to rebuttal that? Can you show the $4 million appraiser that, you know, Hey, Hey, there's a, here's an opinion from another guy. Is that piss, kind of piss you that's off? That's against, uh, lender guidelines okay yeah, you can't i should know this no you're good i'm sure you know it that's why you have people that do that for you that tell you you can't do that right but because any, anytime you're leading them to a value a value yeah and that's what you're doing right now if that one said 3.8 million and you're just giving them the building sketch so they have mm. to measure the eight thousand square foot house that's different right as far as they've already come up with a thing and Maybe the, the sketch is different, that kind of thing. Yeah, like like maybe you could have someone. Re does AMC usually will review both appraisals and just see if there's any different discrepancies in them, like that way, like the sketch or like yeah, square footage. You know, oh, this guy says it's forty eight hundred. This one says it's forty four. You know, maybe that's there's something there to, to rebuttal. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the AMC is more of just a cursory review. So if you say it's a five bedroom, five bath, you want to make sure there's five bedroom, five baths on the sketch, on the grid. Yep. And in the photos. Right. That way you're not getting these conditions, you know, 12 hours before funding. Right. Oh, there's only four bathroom pictures, but there's five bathrooms. And then the appraiser's in Hawaii and you're waiting five days. <laughs> they do like Hawaii. Don't you? you guys, appraisers <laughs> like Hawaii, don't you? We like tropical. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think also, isn't it good advice to just, you know, for brokers to just get familiar with appraisals in general? I mean, I know when I started in the business, that was one of my first things I did is I grabbed appraisals and just read, we read the whole thing from top to bottom just to know what was in it. And, and there's interesting stuff in there. I mean, it's not all boring, right? You got grids and you've got, you know, you've got like boxes that are checked and that's kind of a little boring and standard, but like some of these comments, you know, it's, it's important to read those. Yeah. Cause it, you guys take time to like, to type in why you do come to certain conclusions and why you come to certain values. Right. I mean, talk about that real quick. Yeah. So, um, just like any, it's a part of your business as a broker. That's a part of your business. Very yeah. important part, especially if it in the broker world comes in low. Yeah. Um, 
like it's huge it can makes you from from 10 grand commission or five grand commission to zero yeah quick so you might want to know that key aspect just like qualifying them on their income just yeah. like their assets whatever you're qualifying them on title reports yeah all that out. stuff so you should know it and um you can call up an appraiser and if they're a normal normal guy or gal they'll ask, you can ask them a question about hey well, how do you guys do this yeah and i've given talks um at many different brokerages and um lenders even for realtors uh, just so they know a b c kind of the basics of it like sure. how to read it because some of it's not really relevant you know, like you're those boxers saying like concrete yeah. tile roof versus comp shingle roof right but like you got to realize here's why he didn't use his comp because it's west of the five and this property's east of the five yeah that's a major boundary and the houses are obviously more expensive when they're west west of the five, the five. yeah yep. same as you know, local, the 101 or yeah, anything, 101 yeah. El Camino, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that's again, knowing that market. So those are key things for them to know. That's good. Yeah. Let's talk about unpermitted structures or, um, improvements. It happens all the time. Oh, like, so often. how does that affect appraisals? Well, the appraiser just reports what is there. Yep. So he or she takes a photo of it says, uh, and he'll, and we're not going to go into the city and go online we're not going to spend two hours that's not our gig that's not our scope right. of work if you say it's permitted i go to the house refinance borrows adds on 400 square feet two bathrooms hey uh this was added on yeah it did it in 2012 and i was it permitted yes it was awesome thank you so i put in the sketch and i say per the homeowner it is permitted mm. and then obviously the lender is going to say i need a copy of the permits right and the homeowners can get those quickly yeah they don't want probably 80 percent of the cities won't give an appraiser information right if it's yeah. the homeowner they can do it yeah. exactly because can you do it online now or some t some cities some cities yeah. yeah some are better than others but um generally unpermitted additions cannot be given value i mean that's an underwriting decision sure because it's the collateral and how i understand this is more of a, of a you question is if they have an unpermitted 400 square foot addition and that house burns down two days after the loan funds, <laughs> the insurance is only going to rebuild the house minus that 400 square foot addition. Right. So why would that get value? Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. And, and it's, I think also because of COVID, it was hard to get permits, right? Like this has just been a, mm, I didn't even thought of that. Yeah. Know, just, just getting them, just people being in the office or not. And just, you know, the whole, the whole issue with that. But, um, so, you know, we see it all the time where there's like extra, two or three kitchens in a property you're like okay what this yeah we did not know there was 15 kitchens and you know this we had one come in and there was like i think 16 or 12 kitchens something crazy like that and in one house and it was like okay well this room they added a kitchen this room they added a kitchen they're making a ton of money like they're yeah it's cash cowing right it's like it's it's making all kinds of rent but um but yeah they just decided not to tell anyone that they're going to put a kitchen in these you know in these units and yeah, it's hard to get the value, and, and number one, it's hard to comp that. What do you like? What do you do when you have these kind of odd properties that are? It's impossible to comp it. Ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time, we just had one with my AMC, and it was in San Francisco, downtown San Francisco, and on title, it's like a three-bedroom, two-bath, one of those row homes, mm -hmm. you know, fifteen hundred square feet. They made the family room, they made the bedroom, they made all the bed, all into separate living areas. Wow, kitchens in each one. Wow. And then they had a shed in the back. They put a little, have some guy renting that out. Who knows for how much? Wow. You know, like a nice shed. Yeah, yeah. But still, 
And so, so then the appraiser, whenever they see that, like they'll finish the inspection, measure sure. everything, take photos, but then they're not going to type it up and go, Hey, here's what just, what I just saw. Yeah. And then, so us as AMG goes, okay, that sounds, don't do any further work. Let me check with the lender. And uh, then we go back to the lender and say, here's what he saw. Do you, do you still want do? us to finish this appraisal? Yeah, because yeah. obviously there'll be like a small trip fee of a couple hundred bucks versus but it's not going to be the nine hundred or whatever to the borrower. Yeah, and then ninety nine percent of the time they're just like cancel. Yeah, or, like... They'll, or they'll try the old take the stoves out trick. <laughs> <laughs> like okay, but I can see the counters in the sink. And... <laughs> no, that's a desk. That's their office. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, especially like you know now that some of the trends are going that way, and some of the trends are also going like what I'm seeing is um, more and more living facilities, right? Like for retirement or whatever, right? They're, they're, that's probably what they're doing because there's a housing shortage mm -hmm. and people need places to live, right? And so are you seeing the, you know, let's talk about the housing shortage real quick. Like um, have you, have you seen any trends of, you know, builders starting to build or is it still just builders sort of kind of quiet? You know, what's that, what's happening on that front? Yeah, there are some new projects going on locally but there's just not a lot of land left yeah and they're not building stuff that you know someone making 90 grand a year is going to be able to afford right you know they're building two million dollar houses yeah and it's happening yeah and so there's no entry level you know here locally you know six seven eight hundred grand that's just not being built yeah because why would you as a builder have these 14 acres of land sell houses for 800 grand Mm -mm. You can you build, you know, a 4,000 square foot house, two stories, two, three million. Yeah. 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 So that's why. Yeah. So, it, it, so after I, I remember like before 07, 08, uh, there was just tons of builders building and it just was a glut of homes. And part of that was, you know, there, that was one factor that contributed to the crash as among, among a ton of others, right. And the, the crazy lending standards that we had, but, um, so do you think like going forward, you know, as things kind of rates rise, that the fact that there's not a bunch of homes being made is going to kind of help us not, you know, have a crash? That's a good point. Yeah, that definitely would help. I mean, yeah. supply and demand economics 101 stuff, you know, and again, that's, you know, hyper local. Now, when you get into, you know, Inland Empire, that kind of thing, where there is still some land out there, there's some sure. building of somewhat entry have you seen the, those areas boom like with new builders or yeah they're still pretty steady with builders yeah right um but you know now temecula is like the la jolla of in the <laughs> empire yeah like and you just keep going north and it gets you know cheaper cheaper and cheaper right yeah right, further away from the cities and stuff yeah. um so th there will be some of that but the supply it's it's land it's dirt you know there's yeah. only so much of it Right. You know, that's especially why... near cities and stuff. But with with remote work and with remote kind of everything kind of being remote, are you, I mean, I can imagine that there are going to be some cheaper housing, right? Like in, in areas that are further away from places like San Diego and and all that. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a housing shortage, right? So yeah. they, and that's why the ADUs are happy. It's why the, they're per, you know doing you know more lenient on permits for those. And so it's interesting just to see kind of the what no one has a crystal ball, right? I mean, we don't know, but we're in a, such a different market than we were in 08. Like 08, you had, you know, adjusting loans, you had people upside down, you know, who didn't really put a whole lot of money down. But most offers, as you even just said earlier, most offers are with big down payments. Some are cash, some are, you know, investment funds like BlackRock buying up, you know, single family yeah. homes around, neighborhoods around, a ton of that. So, 
my case for why there won't be a crash is partly that there's we have you know ATR now we have to prove ability to pay. We've got you know housing shortage. We've got a ton of equity in all these homes trapped up, and people have fixed rates. They're not going to adjust. So unless there's some crazy demand shift, right? I mean, even even at a four and a half five percent interest rate, it's still I mean, it's still historically pretty low as mm-hmm. an interest rate. And um, so I, I mean, my case for no crash is based on all that. I mean, do you see kind of similar, or do you, do you have any thing that I didn't talk about that could be potential threat i think you covered it well and i agree with it and that's again southern california coastal ish real right. estate um because these aren't like these loans you were referring to they're not the negam loans no money yep. down 228s with yeah. adjustment in two years <laughs> yeah and they're not in the middle of nowhere you know menifee you know right and stated income you know starbucks barista saying they're making 150 a year yeah and these are real people with real money and real down payments yep. and real jobs. So, and it's a, such a desirable area, mm-hmm. you know, will it, would that differ in Missouri or Texas? Right. It may. Yeah. So, um, but as long as the rates don't skyrocket to like seven or eight, I don't sure. really see it. You know, maybe there'll definitely be some leveling off soon. Yeah. Cause it can't go up 20, 25% a year. I mean, it's no, I can't, I mean, 10 years straight now, 2012. Unless there's runoff inflation that you just, that's just. That people just have to put their money into assets. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but we've gone up 10 years straight now. Since 2012, it's gone up. So I, I've been around a while. So have you. Yeah. 10 years, that's what a lot. goes long, up, must. Yeah. Now, is it going to go 40% down like in 08? No way. I'd bet. No. I'd bet my house on it that I've had it for 20 years. That right. That's not going to happen. Yeah, but, because people aren't going to then go pay rent somewhere, right? And rent, talk about rent real quick. Like what? Ugh. what's. I mean, how, how are people affording rent? I don't understand. I mean, it is. I mean, stuff that was twenty seven hundred ten years ago, like a suburban track home. Mm-hmm. That's five grand, fifty three hundred. It's like double, double, double in, 10, in years. ten years. Yeah. Wow. And I see, and I, you know, look at these rents because you don't. We're looking at housing sales, you know, ninety nine percent of the time. But once sure. in a while, you get these uh, assignments with rental surveys. Yeah, like DSCRs and yeah. So, yeah. And you're so you're like, oh, I haven't done the rents in La Jolla in a while, or I've done the rents in. Laguna Beach in a while, so you're looking at it's like for that <laughs> ten grand a month. Yeah, so it's amazing these rents. It's it's scary for someone kind of just getting started, young people and that kind of thing. And I'm wondering if it's still hard to find a rental. Like even even if you could afford the ten grand, is it is it hard to like? It's, mm. There's only a few. Right? Yeah, same supply and demand issue that the the sales just have. Just housing in general. Just yeah. And I think there are. I do see cranes up in a lot of these cities, and they're building apartments and they're building multifamily. So. I think that will probably help or you know some of the renters be able to sort of keep rent at a certain price but without the house without supply you're just going to continue you know whether it's 10% 5 20 you know who knows what the continuance of that would be until it's just people can't afford it right like these people can't afford to take that that new price like I have a a friend that <clears throat> lives here in Encinitas and his rent is fixed that he's had, I think for three years. And then the person next door is moving out and they're raising, they're, they're doubling the rent and it's like within three years. And it's like, we'll see if they can get it, but they're kind of worried. The one that my friend's worried that like, if that happens and then their lease comes up, what is going to happen to, you know, to their place? Like then, the, then will they have to move and move out cause they can't afford it. Wow. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, it really is. What else? What else are you seeing? Any trends? 
I just, I'm still just in awe of these price points and how fast they're going up, you know, and literally you see, um, but the people that are selling them are either, there's a couple different profiles, the relocators, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, Mm -hmm. Idaho, a little bit, that kind of thing. Um, Enjoy the weather. (laughs) Um, Or it's just people just moving down. Yeah, they're like you know, downsizing because they're taking fam- their, Yeah, they raise their family. Their their kids are out of college. They're like, why are we living in this 3,500-square-foot house? Don't need it anymore. Let's go live in a two-bedroom townhouse down by the beach or by the city. Right. Um, but other than that, that's also why there's no supply also. Because hmm. where are they going to go? Sure, you have $1.5 million equity in your home about 25 years ago. Yeah. But if your kids are teenagers, and wh- where are you going to go? Yeah. You have to do one of those two things. Sure. Relocate. Or, or go down. Wow. Or you can't cash out. And that's why people are refining equity lines, that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's that's the biggest supply issue is that it's so expensive. There's to not move. options. Yeah. There's no way to move around. Like I'm moving move from uh, Encinitas to Carlsbad or whatever. It's yeah. just you're moving laterally. Right, right. Man, um, have you seen any data on the kind of flight out of California? Like do you know how many people are leaving a year? I know, I just heard this yesterday also, uh, 5 million people left. 5 million? Yeah. Wow. You wonder how many came in other than the border yeah. crisis. Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> um, another topic for another I'm gonna, day. I'm going to drink this. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, yeah, 5 million. <clears throat> and there is, there is um, pe- there are people moving into California. Sure. But the net effect, right? Like, wonder what that is. Yeah, I don't know that figure. Um, but still, that's probably 5 million and could be a lot of families, right? Yeah. So you're you're not talking about five million people. You're talking five million homes, or are you talking about five million people? I'm talking about homes. Excuse five me. Five million homes. Yes. Wow. So that could yeah. be could be 10, 15 million people. Yeah. And so it could million. it could be they're not even selling their home too. Mm. Maybe they're just pulling, maybe they're pulling two hundred grand out, renting it, going to buy something for six hundred grand in Tennessee. Yep. And just pay they make that their primary residence. Yep. Um. So it's. It's interesting times. Like I don't know where it's gonna go from here, but I don't think it's gonna crash like we were talking about before. I really don't. Yeah, maybe yeah. level off, right? Where yeah. it's like kind of calms down, and... which is healthy. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> you can make an offer on a house and not be like, "What? Five hundred thousand over the price?" Like people will say, "Hey, it's worth this price. Let's buy it at that price." Yeah, that's a healthy market. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, and it's also healthy when someone can go see a house. And then maybe go look at it a second time the next day. Right. And that doesn't so happen. Frantic. That doesn't happen. Like you got your chance. Now that COVID's lasting a little bit, they're a little more lenient. But when COVID was a full force, you could they go see the house at 10 a.m. on Saturday and they have 15 minutes. Wow. And then can I come back Sunday? No, we're all booked on Sunday because, you know, they didn't want four families there at the same time. Right. So, you know, you told us about urgent appraisals. Um, I'm excited about that because I think it's definitely helping, you know, get more quality appraisals you know we've used a ton of different amcs and and typically we let the brokers decide you know obviously we let them decide who what amcs they want to use if a if a broker wants to get signed up with urgent appraisals talk talk to them about how to do that yeah real simple you just go on our website urgentappraisal.com okay and there's a big button lenders click here sign up it's pretty easy yeah it's it's a very similar portal that many amcs use called appraisal scope okay and so they're the biggest one in the market so literally it'll take you four minutes to sign up and can they sign up right now if they're, let's say they're in Florida, can they still sign up and wait for your license or do they got to wait till? They should just probably wait, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, we're working on Texas and Florida applications as we speak. Okay. Um, as 
any licensing. It takes a long time and very cumbersome sure. and bureaucrat, a lot of bureaucracy. Yep. But uh, we're looking forward to the future in those states for sure. Nice, yeah. nice. And you guys got a, a pretty good panel of appraisers that you've kind of, you know, you've been able to develop over the last. Yeah, years we too. got the whole state of California covered pretty well. Even like people up by Yosemite foothills and Napa and Sonoma. Right. And of course, all the major, you know, San Francisco, Bay Area, L.A., Orange, and San Diego for sure. Cool. Yeah. And if anyone wants to reach out to you to just kind of pick your brain on on you know why they should use you or maybe just even your private firm too like how do they get a hold of you yeah you can uh, email me at d low d l o w e at urgent awesome and that'll get me a uh, reply to you right away and my cell phone will be on my uh, email reply we can chat cool and i um, love talking about it yeah that's my gig that's awesome man yeah well thanks for coming on my pleasure thanks for having me yeah good good info and please like share subscribe and comment and let us know if you have any special guests that you'd like to have on as well and yeah let's hear from you and please share this uh, podcast if you enjoyed it thanks for thanks for listening thanks for watching the million dollar mortgage experience podcast